Welcome back, everyone. Today on The Joseph Carlson Show, the market continues its decline into the abyss. All the major indices are continuing to go down. And the big news of today is this guy, Jamie Dimon. He's the CEO of JP Morgan, and he just said that the market could go down another 20% easily. And he outlines what he considers to be the biggest risk facing the market. We also have news that Kathy Wood of ARK Invest is writing an open letter, somewhat of a plea to the Fed to stop raising rates, to reverse their policy and lower rates. And she does this amidst her fund and her investments trading down over 62% year to date. And then we also have news that the iPhone has been reportedly calling emergency services, reporting car crashes when people go on roller coaster rides. So let's go ahead and get started. Before we jump into the headline news, I want to do a quick portfolio update and let you know what's going on on with my investments. Right now, the passive income portfolio, which is essentially a dividend growth portfolio focusing on high quality dividend paying compounding companies, companies that earn very high returns, they have very wide moats, that have stable and predictable businesses, those are the type of companies that I'm focusing on. And I've made my portfolio focused firmly on the higher quality companies. That has been a big focus since the beginning. Overall, this portfolio has held up very well during this downturn. To give a look at that, we can look at the past one year. We are down 15%. 15% in the past trailing year, around $54,000. Over the past year, the S&P 500 is down 17%. And over that same time period, of course, the QQQ is down more. It's down 25.5%. So I feel good about the one-year performance and how this portfolio has held up during this trade down. But as we see right now, we're only in the green by roughly $5,000. And this is a moving target in this volatile market. So if the stock market continues to trade down, eventually we're going to end back up in the red. And I'm okay with that. I have a very long investment horizon. I own very high quality companies. They're not over levered. They're going to be able to survive any type of market downturn over the next three or four years. Even if we have Uh, economic recession. These companies are going to do really well. So whether or not we have short-term volatility that takes us down further, whether or not the market recovers, I'm fully invested and I'm going to continue to dollar cost average. Now, I have been changing around some small allocations in the portfolio. You might notice that the industrials category is gone. I had a holding of roughly $2,000 of value in Canadian Pacific. It's a railway company and I invested just a starter position $2,000 in the company, which makes up 0.6% of my total assets. So it's a very minor position, but I decided with the way that these different companies have traded to sell out of Canadian Pacific and enter into a new position. I sold the $2,000 out of Canadian Pacific and put it into Estee Lauder. Now, Canadian Pacific is a great company. I think it has a great future and it's held up really well in this market. I actually didn't lose any money on Canadian Pacific despite holding it for the past couple of months. The company is only down 4% year to date. So this one has held up really well, but there's one that's been on my radar for a while. Estee Lauder is one that I've been looking at for a long time. It is one of the beauty giants selling makeup, hair products, fragrances, and all sorts of things in the beauty industry. And this company has recently been trading at such incredibly high valuations that it makes it nearly impossible to buy it at any reasonable price. For example, the end of last year, this company was trading at $367 per share. This is almost a 55 Ford PE ratio, a 55. So it was very, very expensive at this point, but you can see that the stock has started to trade down. Year to date, it's down 41%. 
Investors are heading for the exits for all different companies. Estee Lauder is one of them. In fact, this company is facing an abundance of struggles that I think are temporary in nature. This has caused the price to come down from $370 to $216. And with this negative momentum in this stock, I would not be surprised if it went down to $160. So I expect some negative momentum in the short term, but I'm going to start dollar cost averaging and building up this position over time, especially if it continues to trade down. I'll be continually putting in more dividends and more purchases and buying this company at cheaper and cheaper prices. Now, I don't have time to do a full valuation and analysis on Estee Lauder in this video, but what I will say is the company's grown at a very good speed for a very long period of time. The company is free cash flow positive, generating a lot of free cash flow, and they've grown that for 10% for a very long period of time. Estee Lauder earns very high returns on capital employed and has so for a very long period of time. They're not over levered. In fact, they have a very strong balance sheet and they could pay off their debts within a single year. And they're a dedicated dividend grower that's recently been growing their dividend around 12% per year. So I have my starter position here of 2000. And again, I'm gonna continue adding to this company over the coming months, especially if it continues to trade down. If it goes below $200 a share, I'll add to it more aggressively. In more recent news, the companies that I've recently bought into have actually held up really well. Even amidst this big sell-off, Starbucks is only down 5.7%. This one has held up relatively well since I initiated my position. We have Texas Roadhouse here that this company currently is not seeing any bear market. They're not having really any difficult. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ...at all right now. Texas Roadhouse is a company that shareholders right now do not want to give up a single share. Even during the market trading down overall, this company's up 2%. And we've seen this continued relative strength from Texas Roadhouse to the rest of the market. The company's down 3% year to date, not counting dividends. If you factor in dividends, it's basically flat. So this is one that I want to own more of. I want to increase my stake from 35000 to 40000 or 50000 but it's difficult to do that when the company just doesn't trade down. I'm waiting patiently for a sell-off and it's just not happening. So as of right now, I'm just sitting on this one and I'm going to let it run. And then the last thing that we can look at with my portfolio is the dividends that I've recently been paid. We have a huge dividend from Vici that just came in. This one is $486. It went up almost $50 per quarter just from Vici raising the dividend by 8%. So that was a nice little pay raise that I got thanks to the management of Vici. We also have Nike, a smaller holding with a smaller yield that paid me $23. So those are the two dividends this month, but we have more coming. One's going to be coming from JP Morgan. So overall, I'm happy with the performance of the passive income portfolio. I am happy to see how it's held up during this downturn. And I feel very comfortable with the companies that I'm currently invested in. I don't think that they're over levered. I don't think they're going to have a difficult time, even with a lot of economic weakness. And I think that's important to keep track of. Look at the balance sheets of your companies. Look at how much leverage they have. Compare their net debt to how much EBITDA they actually generate. Because the cost of capital is going up and that will stress businesses that aren't used to making a profit. The reason that I'm going so heavily into companies like Texas Roadhouse, investing $35,000 into this company, is specifically 
in part because they have strong free cash flows and zero long-term debt. So with that focus, it allows me to sleep very well at night. I know my companies are not taking risks with their business. Now, moving on, we have to discuss this news item today. Kathy Wood of ARK Invest has authored an open letter to the Fed. This was just released today, and this is her writing Jerome Powell directly, making an open letter so all of us can read it, with her suggestions on what he should do in terms of policy. Because of her amazing ability to study and read and know what's going to happen with global macroeconomics. Now, of course, Kathy Wood has been wrong on almost every angle over the past two years. Her fund did incredibly well during the huge run-up of cheap capital, easy issuance of shares, low interest rates, and an economy that had money being poured into it. But as soon as the cost of capital went up slightly, back in February of 2021, as soon as investors realized that the easy times were done, Her fund has been in a bear market, and the results have been disastrous. It's down over 77% from 2021. 77%. A total destruction of wealth over the past five years. All those gains that she made, all that money for such a long period of time is destroyed. 350% gains, gone. Down 77%. Over the past five years, this remarkable performance she's had is 4%. That's the remarkable performance. And that's while picking out some of the best performing companies in the market like Tesla and riding those companies the entire time they exploded in value. Even with Tesla's 10% of her portfolio, she's managed to only have 4% returns over the past five years. Now, before we even get into this letter, I just want to highlight the irony here. You might say that I'm picking on her because the past couple of years have been difficult, But she's made herself a target because Kathy Wood was someone who targeted the assets, the money of retail investors, getting retail investors to pour into her funds through aggressive marketing campaigns. Marketing campaigns like this one released October 14th of 2020. This had 67,000 views. And this marketing video from ARK Invest is a parody showing what you shouldn't invest in. Are you an investor looking for long-term capital appreciation, but worried about the short-term volatility associated with innovative companies? Well, you're not alone. You'll see right off the bat, the whole idea of this parody is to say, if you want to avoid innovative companies, then invest in the index. That's the best way to avoid all these amazing, life-changing, innovative companies. Investors appear to be afraid of companies that offer newer, faster, cheaper, and creative products and services. Now you can avoid these innovative companies. How? Ask your advisor today if investing in a traditional broad-based index is right for you. A broad-based index provides investors with a feeling of safety and comfort, knowing that they hold past success. Often based on tangible assets like a bank branch, railroad, or real estate, indices should generate predictable cash flows because, hey, that's historically been the case. And things never change. Side effects may include, but are not limited to, owning companies associated with the traditional world order. Investors holding stocks associated with traditional transportation, banking, bricks and mortar retail, and linear TV may experience headache, nausea, and increased blood pressure due to the accelerating threat of disruptive innovation. Your investment portfolio doesn't need to be bothered by a changing world. This parody was brought to you by ARK Invest. This is a marketing campaign openly mocking any investor that held a traditional index fund or invested in any traditional company like real estate, linear television. She also named off banking and railway, all those traditional industries that make traditional cash flows and traditionally grow. If you invest in those type of companies, according to ARK Invest, you're an idiot. You're a moron. You're stupid. 
That's the theme of this video, and you're not with the times. Now, the unfortunate thing is these marketing campaigns worked. Retail investors ate this type of stuff up, reciting the same lines, disruptive innovation, the best companies in the world that are evolving and changing the world order, a whole new world order. ARK Invest quickly went up 52%, but then since the release of that video, it's been disastrous, going down 63%. And while Kathy Wood was busy, marketing specifically to unaware and uninformed retail investors, pulling in their assets under management, I was doing the exact opposite, coming out with video after video after video during that exact same time period, saying that this is too good to be true that her promises are too rich, that the future she paints is too unrealistic, the companies that she invests in are too risky, and there's too much downside, that it's unlikely to perform well over the next two years. That was the theme of all of these videos, and that is exactly what happened. And since that same time period, the S&P 500, or that boring old index that's not disruptive nor innovative, is up 4%, a little bit better than being down 60%. And in fact, all the worst ideas, an ETF full of Kathy Wood's worst ideas, full of telecom companies, real estate, retail, and financial companies, is up 21%. So it's been a difficult time for Kathy Wood and ARK Invest. Investors are still holding on hope that the Fed will pivot, the ARK Invest will soar once again, but as of right now, that's not happening. She's been reduced to authoring letters to the Fed instructing them on macroeconomic policy. Now, there's so many things I can mention with this. For one, out of all the people that I would pick at the top of my list that I would not want in control of macroeconomics, in control of the future of the U.S.'s federal funds rate and the quantitative easing, I think Kathy Wood would be clearly at the top of that list. Her macroeconomic suggestions, her macroeconomic takes over the past two years have been so comically wrong that she's been on the complete wrong side of this for the entire time, every single part of it. She suggested that the Fed need not raise interest rates at all because deflation is the big concern. If we went by her suggestions two years ago, inflation would probably be like 20% today. Now, even after all of that, having total destruction of your fund over the past two years, she has the hubris, the gall, to continue instructing the Fed and giving them suggestions on what they should do on their macroeconomic policy. Now, in the letter, it's nothing special. She's basically asking the Fed to pivot, believing that there's going to be deflation. She says downstream, inventory accumulation seems to be overwhelming manufacturers and retailers. After grappling with supply chain constraints for more than a year, even world-class companies seem to have overruled their automatic enterprise resource planning systems. This is another way of just saying that a lot of these companies like Amazon, like Nike, have too much inventory, and that excess of inventory is going to cause deflation. On this point, I do agree with her. I actually think that there's going to be some deflation and pricing of consumer goods because there are a lot of companies right now, even world-class ones, as she mentions, that have too much stuff. They're going to be marking down their products left and right. In fact, on this topic of too much inventory, we have a recent Morgan Stanley analysis that shows that the median inventory sales ratio, so the amount of inventory a company has to their amount of sales, is basically at an all-time high, higher than it's been since 1990. So these companies ordered way too much stuff, they have way too much stuff, they need to get rid of it, and they can't get rid of it fast enough. And this creates what's called a race to a bottom. One company wants to discount before other companies discount. So the companies that are late discount their products even more, causing prices to go down incrementally at a very quick pace. If we look at this other chart here, we have two lines. 
The blue line is the amount of inventory these retailers have. The yellow line is their sales. Notice how there's a spread that's been growing over the past couple of quarters. The inventories are outpacing the sales. That's the big problem right now. This is what Kathy Wood is outlining as her key argument for the fact that we're going into deflation. So what she says in this case isn't without merit. I think her arguments here are sound, but I also think that they're self-serving. She's wanted low interest rates the entire time, even with record inflation. And while a lot of these commodity prices are coming down from their highs, there's still inflation with grocery. There's still inflation with energy. So while I agree with a lot of things that Kathy Wood brings up in this letter, ultimately I think it's mostly self-serving. She needs low interest rates for her companies to do well. And until that happens, I think ARK Invest is going to continue struggling. Now, moving on from Kathy Wood, I have to highlight a few things from this interview from Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan. He gives his thoughts on the future of the economy, and he highlights the big thing that he thinks is going to cause the biggest problem, the biggest threat the economy is facing, and why he ultimately believes the U.S. economy is headed towards recession. But you, gotta, you, you can't talk about the economy without talking about the stuff in the future. And this is serious stuff, okay? This is inflation, which obviously is, you know, changing the effect of those numbers I just told you about. It's rates going up more than people expected already and probably a little bit more from here. It's QT, which we've never had before. Uh, so therefore, the unknown effects, and you see it today in bond markets around the world and sovereign markets and people selling U.S. Treasury debt. And it's the war. And these are very, very serious things, which I think are likely to push the U.S. Uh, and you know, the world. I mean, Europe is already in a recession. And they're likely to put U.S. in some kind of recession six, nine months from now. Now, he lists off a variety of factors. But the big thing that he mentions there, the thing that I thought was the most surprising, is he believes the biggest contributor to the economic woes is going to be the war. The war between Russia and Ukraine. Jamie Dimon considers that right now the biggest threat to the U.S. market. And a lot will you know, rely on what happened to this war. So I think, you know, to guess is hard, be prepared. Now, the final thing I want to highlight from Jamie Dimon is his response to being asked where the bottom of the S&P 500 is going to be. How much lower is it going to go? It, it, it may have a ways to go. I mean, it, it really depends on that soft landing, hard landing thing. And since I don't know the answer to that, it's hard for me to answer that. But it, it, could, it could be another easy 20%. That's the big headline news right there. Jamie Dimon, the big banker of the world, says that the stock market could, quote, easily go down another 20%. That's what gets clicks. That's what sells media. Having bigwigs say that the market could go down. The thing I want to highlight with these type of interviews and these type of phrases and predictions is always the disclaimers, the caveats, using words like could, maybe, should, might. They mean essentially nothing. He has no clue what direction the market's going to go. Saying the market could go down 20% means essentially nothing. I can say that too. Look, Joseph Carlson is predicting the market could go down 20%. It could also go down 30%. could go down 50%. Am I wrong if it doesn't go down 50%? No, because I said it could. I didn't predict that it would. I just said that it could. So every time I hear these type of half-hearted could, maybe, might, should predictions, you have to take it with a grain of salt. They really don't have a clue what direction the market's going to go. Saying it could go down is just as meaningless as saying it could go up. Now, moving on from all of that serious economic stuff, I wanted to jump into this story that's a little bit more lighthearted. I actually thought this was a little hilarious when I first read it. Apple's new phone that has the new crash detection feature that's supposed to automatically call emergency services if it's detected that you've been in a car accident 
Well, that feature keeps going off for people riding roller coaster rides. Sarah White, a 39-year-old dentist, zipped up her two-day-old iPhone 14 Pro securely in her fanny pack, buckled into the Mystic Timbers roller coaster ride, and enjoyed getting hoisted 109 feet in the air and whipped around at 50 miles per hour. Afterwards, she looked down at her phone. The lock screen was lined up with missing calls and voicemails from emergency dispatchers asking if she was okay. During the ride, Apple's new car crash detection was triggered and automatically dialed 911. Now, they say on the one hand, it's kind of funny because nobody ever thought of this before they released the phone. No one thought, what happens if someone goes on a roller coaster ride? We should probably check that out. So Apple is caught off guard by this, and they say, on the other hand, There's nothing funny about busying emergency service workers, and in some cases, family and friends, accidentally thinking that you've been in a tragedy. So this has actually caused some grief because in some cases, it's not contacting 911, it's also sending text messages out to loved ones. Apple also looks at your emergency contacts and sends out this automated text message saying that they've detected a crash, and it gives you the GPS location of it. Some people said that they received this message from loved ones. One of them said, I was freaking out. I was thinking the worst. And honestly, if any of us received this message from a loved one, an automated message like this, that would not be a fun message to receive. Now, the feature does have some merits. Already, there's been cases where it's not false positives. Recently, an iPhone 14 alerted authorities to a deadly crash in Nebraska, where a car hit a tree and there was no witnesses to immediately call for help. So the iPhone did what it's supposed to do, detected the crash, and called for help itself. And that's the useful case there. So hopefully, Apple will be able to figure this out and trim down on the false positives because we can't have people going on roller coaster rides and it's sending messages to their loved ones that they've been in a terrible car accident. Now that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'll have more content out later this week, so make sure you subscribe to the channel with the bell icon and I'll see you next time.